the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Pat Williams Power Hour on the new 94.9 FM and AM 950 WTLN. This is your hour when Orlando Magic Senior Vice President Pat Williams sits down and speaks with authors who have written books on topics of interest and insight for listeners like you. And now, here's your host, Pat Williams. Folks, welcome once again to the Pat Williams Saturday Power Hour. We're always very pleased when we could hook up here on the new 94.9 FM and AM 950 WTLN. Once again, Alan Dempsey does our engineering, and Andrew Herdliska produces our show each weekend. Uh, Colin Smith joins me uh, from the Chicago area here in the first half hour. He's the senior pastor of the Orchard Evangelical Free Church and the author of The Ten Greatest Struggles of Your Life. Colin, uh, wonderful to catch up with you. How are you doing? Pat, I'm doing great today, and it's good to be with you. Thank you. So how did you come up with 10 struggles of your life, finding freedom in God's commands? What's the background here? <laughs> well, it's a book on the Ten Commandments, and uh, what has been very striking to me, Pat, is that uh, if you were to ask people in the street, you know, what are the greatest struggles of your life? They relate to issues like time. They relate to issues like conflict. They relate to issues like contentment and finding satisfaction. And when you put that list together, you say, where are all these things addressed in one place? And the answer is in the Ten Commandments, which, uh, uh, guess what? Our Creator knows us better than um, uh, we know ourselves. Um, He knows where we struggle, and he speaks to us at precisely the point of the greatest uh, conflicts and issues of our lives. Well, let's get started. I'm eager to uh, hear your take on these uh, ten different uh, views. Uh, First of all, number one, your struggle with God. Uh, Fill us in on that. Uh, Well, I mean, that is the greatest struggle um, uh, of anyone's life, because we want to be our own God. We want to direct our own way. That goes back to the Garden of Eden, where uh, Satan says to to Eve, you know, you shall be as God. And that was very appealing to her. And so the very first commandment um, that's given to us um, is, you shall have no other gods before me. Um, That is the greatest struggle of our lives, to let the sovereign Lord um, be um, uh, the great commander, the sovereign over all of our lives. Of course, the really important thing here is that that command is given to God's redeemed people. God says, uh, I am the Lord who brought you out of the land of Egypt. So here are people who've experienced mercy. They have experienced grace. They've been brought into a covenant with God. And God now says to them, uh, you are to have no other gods before me. The way in which we hear the commandments depends entirely on the relationship that we have with God. When we know him as our redeemer in Jesus Christ, we hear them in an entirely different way from if we merely hear them as a list of laws that get engraved on a piece of stone. Now let's move to the second issue here, your struggle with worship. Yes, this is the commandment that uh, uh, is about not uh, making any uh, idol. And uh, the issue here is that uh, not only are we to uh, crown 
the Lord as sovereign of our lives, but we are we're to make sure that it really is the Lord himself who is our Lord and not just a figment of our own imagination. And I, I find so often you know, people will say, uh, you know, I like to think of God like this. Well, what is that? But to create um, a projection out of our own minds of what we would like God to be. That's the essence of idolatry. Um, and of course, God's great revelation of his own name is to say, I am who I am. Uh, I'm not whoever you want me to be. Um, so don't impose your own ideas on me or reshape me uh, according to what you would like me to be. If we try to do that in our own relationships, I mean, imagine saying to another person, you know, I'd like you better if you change this, this and this about you and so forth. Um, I, I mean, it doesn't work. Um, uh, we, we embrace God as he is, um, uh, not try and impose on him what we would like him to be. Let's move to the third topic, Colin, your struggle with religion. Uh, you shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God. Boy, how many blasphemous ways is God's name misused so that his name gets tied to acts of violence, acts of presumption, all kinds of harebrained scheme that uh, even Christian people may say, you know, uh, God wants us to do this, and it turns out to be um, uh, an absolute disaster. It was nothing to do with God at all. But his name was attached to some idea or scheme that was merely mine, and therefore his name gets dragged down with the failure of this scheme or whatever it was. So uh, God is, uh, speaks in a, an especially poignant way uh, about this issue. We are not to misuse the name of the Lord. There are multiple ways in which we do this, and it brings a demeaning of the name of the Lord God. And therefore, it's something I think that is of special importance to God's people. I mean, Pat, in this OMG culture that we live in, I want to take every opportunity I can get to encourage Christian believers, when you say the name or the word God, let it only be in such a way that anyone who hears you say his name would know that you love him, you reverence him, and that you live for his glory. Um, uh, that's a distinctive of Christian witness. And it's right there in the Third Commandment. My guest is Colin Smith. We're talking about his book, The Ten Greatest Struggles of Your Life. And now, Colin, we've arrived at your struggle with time. Which, of course, is the Fourth Commandment. Um, uh, in six days you are to do your work. And so there's something about the value, the dignity of work, and the importance as a Christian value of getting after it, getting it done, modeling our work on the way that God does his work. He divided it into six days. He rejoiced in what was completed in each day rather than sort of worrying over what's not yet done and to rejoice in, in what has been accomplished and to divide work and to pursue it diligently. There's to be an order and progress. But then work isn't everything. There is to be the enjoyment of completed work which, of course, is the, uh, the whole point of, uh, uh, of the Sabbath. There's to be a day of rest, there's to be a day of worship, and there's to be a day of rejoicing in that which has been done. That's critical because it's a creation uh, gift to us. It's critical for our health. But, of course, more than that, it, it goes to the heart of our spiritual lives because um, uh, at the heart of our peace with God is our resting and rejoicing in the completed work of Jesus Christ, the work that he finished on the cross. And that's the Sabbath rest of the people of God that's referred to in the New Testament as well. Now, Colin, let's talk about your struggle with authority. 
Honor your father and your mother, uh, that your days may be long in the land. It's fascinating. There's a promise there attached to that commandment, Pat. Um, and I think that the, the point here, about two points, one is that the uh, your parents are uh, the first authority figures in any person's life. And the connection to being long in the land is when a respect for authority that is to be learned first in the home is lost in a culture, then that the fragment, fragmentation of that culture uh, happens. The erosion of that culture happens very, very quickly indeed. And so there's something here that's really important for parents with regards to the dignity and the importance of the work of a father and a mother who in a very real sense stands in the place of God in the life of a child, represents the Lord. Some do that very, very poorly, and it's hard to honor them. Uh, Others do it well. Uh, But whatever um, uh, we are given this command that we are to give honor, uh, where honor is due, and that is uh, due in regards to all who God places in authority. And the first of these are father and mother. Colin, you've got a a little series going here. Uh, Ten keys for unlocking the Christian life. Ten keys for unlocking the Bible. Uh, Where did this whole unlocking thing come from? Uh, Well, we have a ministry called Unlocking the Bible, and uh, everything that comes from our ministry uh, can be found there by folks who are interested. That's unlockingthebible.org. And what we really wanted to do is is to recognize that for many people, the Bible is uh, a closed book, and we want to get it open. We believe in the power of the open book, that where God's uh, word is opened, that his voice is actually heard. It is the word of God. This is how he speaks to us. This is how we know who he is and who we are. And so we want to help people get access to the Bible and uh, to read it for themselves and to discover um, uh, who God is and uh, all the riches of his grace. Colin Smith is our guest. We're talking about his book, uh, The Ten Greatest Struggles of Your Life. Uh, I'm Pat Williams, the host here uh, for the Saturday Power Hour. Uh, Just a reminder that you're listening to the new 94.9 FM and AM 950 WTLN in Orlando, Florida. Please visit my website. It's patwilliams.com, the Twitter page, Orlando Magic Pat. And we got another segment with Colin Smith coming up, folks. Stay with us, and we will be right back with you. More of the Pat Williams Power Hour in just a moment on the new 94.9 FM and AM 950 WTLN. Hi, everyone. Pete Paquette, your morning host here at the new 94.9 FM and AM 950 WTLN. And are you a member of our WTLN Listener Club yet? If not, I encourage you to sign up right away because we've got a great treat for you. We've got free tickets for a wonderful program coming up. It's My Life's Journey, an evening with C.S. Lewis with actor David Payne. November 4th in the beautiful sanctuary of downtown Baptist, 120 East Pine, downtown Orlando. This powerfully inspirational one-man performance will fill your heart, mind, and soul. Thousands have attended over 500 performances and now it's your turn but the only way to win free tickets is to become a member of the listener club well if you already are a member that's great we'll randomly pick members to win tickets so if you're not a member yet join today the wtln listener club just go to wtln.com to win tickets to see david payne as c.s lewis my life's journey november 4th in the sanctuary of downtown baptist with the new 94.9 fm and am 950 wtln 
finances were not designed to bust our marriages, but build our marriages. That's Chris Brown talking about money from a biblical perspective. There's a world's way of handling money that's rooted in entitlement, and there's God's way of handling money that is rooted in contentment and gratitude. Got a money issue you need help with? Listen to Chris Brown's True Stewardship, managing God's blessings God's way for God's glory. Chris Brown's True Stewardship, afternoons at 2, right after Through the Bible. Here at the intersection of faith and reason, the new 94.9 FM and AM 950 WTLN. This is Dennis McKenzie for Families by Design. Strong families are designed by God. Do you want your family designed by God? For inspirational principles for today's families, listen to Families by Design with your host, Dr. Daniel Forbes and attorney Delton Chen. Families by Design airs every Sunday at 9 p.m. That's Families by Design on the new 94.9 FM and AM 950 WTLN. When you think about Jesus, how do you picture him? Some see him as king. Some see him as a savior. But do you ever think of him as a servant? Well, that's the side of Jesus that Mark shows us. And this week on Through the Bible Radio, as we begin Dr. McGee's study in the Gospel of Mark, you may see Jesus in a way you've never seen him before. So why not join us? Weekdays at 2.30 and 9.30 p.m. on the new 94.9 FM and AM 950 WTLN. You're listening to the Pat Williams Power Hour on the new 94.9 FM and AM 950 WTLN. And now, here's Pat. Colin Smith is our guest from Chicago. We're talking about his book, The Ten Greatest Struggles of Your Life, Finding Freedom in God's Commands. Moody Publishers put the book out. Uh, Colin, we have covered the first five struggles. Uh, Now we move on to your struggle for peace. Yeah, and this is the commandment that you shall not murder. And I guess that when we come to that one, uh, the vast majority of people are going to say, well, at least, you know, I can I can uh, check that one off. I, I have not uh, murdered anyone. Um, I use an analogy here for this commandment and for uh, several others. Um, uh, imagine a railway line, and uh, let's call that line the line of conflict. And there are various stations on this line of conflict. The station that's at the far end of the line is called murder. Uh, The vast majority of people have never gone there and never will go there. But here's the deal. All of us, in some way, have traveled somewhere on the line of conflict. We know what it is to be angry. We know what it is to have resentment and so forth and so on. And there are various stations on the line of conflict. Now, the reason I use that analogy, Pat, is that when the Lord Jesus talks about this commandment in the Sermon on the Mount, uh, he makes clear that while the commandment says, you shall not murder, it includes a great deal more than that, that it goes uh, to such issues as do not be angry with your brother. Don't, um, uh, don't slander someone else as being a fool and so forth and so on. And so all of these commandments, while they identify particular actions, actually go to the condition of heart that's behind the action or that leads to the action. And I think when we see that, we're moved away from, you know, the approach of the rich young ruler who says, "Uh, I've kept all of these commands since I was young. Well, maybe I, 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 so for sure, I have not um, uh, murdered anyone. But is it true that I have never been on the line of conflict? No, it's not. Is it true that I have never known anger in my heart? No, it's not. Uh, This commandment applies to me 
and I do need to grow in what it means to have peace in relationships. And that's one of the great struggles of, of, of any person's life. Colin, now I want you to talk about your struggle for purity. Um, you know, I tell a story in this chapter that really uh, has been the biggest aha moment uh, for me, uh, Pat, with regards to the, 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 the whole of the commandments. And it gives wonderful encouragement. That's why I tell this story here. It's actually it's a true story about a man who was a thief. Uh, he gets caught, convicted, goes to prison, is wonderfully converted while he's in prison. And then he comes out and he thinks, boy, I'm really going to be up against it now because I'm going to be drawn back into my own old way of life, my friends and so forth and so on. So he's worried about that. The first Sunday he's out from prison, he goes into a church and he sees at the front of the church while he's sitting there uh, the Ten Commandments. And of course, his eye immediately goes to the command that um, condemns him. You shall not steal. And uh, so he thinks, oh, that's the last thing I need. You know, uh, I, 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 I feel my own weakness, my vulnerability to fail in this again and so forth. He keeps looking at it. And, and as he looked at it, saw it and heard it in an entirely new way he had never noticed before, not as a condemning command, but as a wonderful promise of the new life that was possible for him in Jesus Christ. You shall not steal. You're not going to steal. And the reason you're not going to steal is that you are a new creation in Christ. Uh, the Holy Spirit now lives in you. Now, when I came across that story, I, I, it popped for me in a wonderful way. Uh, this is a Christian view of the Ten Commandments. The Ten Commandments describe not only the great struggles of our lives, but the life, therefore, for which the Holy Spirit is given to us uh, in order that we may pursue a new and a different way. Now, that reading of the commandments, that they're not only a forbidding command, but they are also a wonderful promise to those who are in Christ, that gives new light and new hope. And I applied it to the seventh commandment, because I think a lot of people struggle, uh, not only uh, over the overt issue of adultery, but over purity of heart that lies behind it. How can I have a pure mind and so forth? How can it be that I, I will not go into the wrong place with regards to the inclinations of my thoughts and of my mind. And I think it's a wonderful thing to be able to say, look, the Holy Spirit is given to you so that you will not commit adultery, so that you will not steal, so that you will not lie, so that you will live a new life that is empowered by the Holy Spirit. Next topic, number eight, your struggle for integrity. Yeah, so um, uh, here uh, uh, we have the issue of being trusted. And at the heart of it, I think, is the issue of being a, um, a giver rather than a taker. Um, uh, you know, when, when, you, um, uh, uh, when, when you think about uh, the issue of, of not stealing, uh, the first thing that comes to my mind is, you know, a burglar that's uh, climbing out of a window with a sack over his back. But there's an awful lot more to it than that. Um, uh, at the heart of stealing uh, is seeking uh, to take uh, without uh, giving. Um, uh, it's the desire to get as much as possible while giving as little as possible. And, and when you see that, you realize there's an awful lot of stealing goes on in marriages, in families, in churches, and in our community. Now we move to number nine, your struggle with truth. And uh, here is the uh, command not to give uh, false testimony against uh, our neighbor. 
Uh, There are all kinds of different forms of lying. Of course, flattery is one, exaggerating is one, uh, gossip is another one. Um, And we are are people of truth. You know, one thing that's been very striking to me, uh, Pat, is that um, all of these commandments are reflections of the character of God. They're they're all a laying out of what it looks like to live a life that is patterned after who he is. So if we ask, why should I not commit adultery? The answer to that question is because God is faithful. Why should I not tell lies? Because God is the truth and because his word is truth and because he can be trusted. So everything about the Christian life that's laid before us here in these wonderful commandments is really a reflection of the character of God. And it's a a laying out of what it means to live a life that's patterned after his. My guest is Colin Smith. We're talking about his new book, The Ten Greatest Struggles of Your Life. And here's number 10, Colin, your struggle for contentment. And this one is fascinating because it goes to a desire uh, rather than an action. You shall not covet. If I stole my neighbor's car, he would know it. If I coveted my neighbor's car, uh, he wouldn't know it because it's something that's going on in my heart. And what that indicates to us is that actually that the last commandment gives us the clue to the real meaning of all the rest of them, that they are not simply relating to actions. But as Jesus made clear in the Sermon on the Mount, They speak to the heart behind the action as well. And and, and that, of course, points us to why we need Jesus Christ. And this is how the commandments lead us to our need of a savior. That when we realize that it's not just a matter of checking off some moral instructions, but that actually God's speaking to the heart that lies behind our actions, then we realize that in Christ we need the new life and the new heart that he has come into the world to give to us. Colin, what do you want people listening here today to take from uh, your book and our discussion? Yeah, uh, encouragement would be uh, the number one word. Uh, It would be the inspiration to say, look, here is a blessed life. A lot of people write off the Ten Commandments because, hey, the old stone tablets and been there, done that. Here, God is blessed. And we are being called to a life lived in the power of the Holy Spirit that is a blessed life. You can't live a better life than this. And here God maps out what a life of love looks like, what a blessed life looks like, what the life is for which you're empowered by the Holy Spirit. And if you're in Jesus Christ, you can go after this life. You won't live it perfectly, but you can pursue it in increasing measure. And the joy of that and the good of that is the very heart of what God calls us to. So I hope this will be refreshing, encouraging, inspiring, uplifting for people, and that it really will encourage us to go after the very best life that can be lived for the glory of God. Colin, tell me about the Orchard Evangelical Free Church. Oh, you're kind. We're celebrating being here for 20 years. I've only served two churches in the 36 years I've been a pastor. I was in London for 16 years. We've been here for 20 the church that loves the uh, Word of Christ and the Christ of the Word. Uh, we have four campuses uh, uh, in the northwest suburbs of Chicago and a fifth one launching soon. And very, very grateful that there's a great hunger, even in these days, for the Word of God. Many, many people realize, I need to find reality, I need to find God, and the place to find Him is going to be through His Word. What brought you to the United States? Well, you know, I think uh, the simplest answer would be this church invited us. We didn't sort of particularly come to America. We came to one church in America that had invited us. 
Um, we had been serving it for 16 years in London, and uh, my assistant, when we left there, took over and is still there. So that church is thriving. It's had two pastors in 36 years. How's that for stability? Wow. We've been here for 20, and, uh, and trust that uh, in the Lord's kindness we'll be able to serve longer, and then that in a similar way, um, one generation may speak God's good works, works to another. Colin, we hear so much about... Europe being a dry hmm. spiritual wasteland. Yeah. Is that true? Yes, I think it is true. But there's another side to that. Uh, what has happened in Europe is what we might call nominal Christianity. People who are Christians in name only have really been kind of washed out of the church. So what you're left with is a much smaller number, more of a hard core of people who really do love the Lord, who really do pray, who really do give who really get serious about serving. And so what happens is that at that point, though the numbers are smaller, the spiritual temperature can actually rise. And I wonder, actually, whether the Lord may not be doing something similar in this country. I think that as the tide changes, and as there's a movement away from the sympathy that the culture in the past has had, at least in part, towards Christian things, I think that many people who are Christian in name only will evacuate the church very, very fast. I think that's happening already. But my prayer is that the spiritual temperature of those who remain will rise and that there will be a greater level of commitment, a greater level of faith, a greater level of prayer, a greater level of authentic Christian living, which is what we've been talking about today. And if that happens, then something good will, will, will come in the midst of uh, the change that we're seeing. And I think that's something we should actually pray, uh, actively pray for. Colin, if you were to take us on a uh, Christian history tour of Great Britain, uh, what are some of the stops you'd want to make? <laughs> well, I'm Scottish, of course, so the first place that I'd want to go would be to, uh, 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 to see some of the history of John Knox, mm. um, who was really the uh, primary uh, reformer uh, who brought um, a great, great good uh, to Scotland. Here's the fascinating thing, you know. Um, whenever uh, Christians have been most serious about the gospel in history, the greatest and broadest social effects for good have come to pass. When Christians have lost their focus on the gospel and have said, oh, let's just be about social change, actually relatively little social change has come. And, and the fascinating thing about John Knox is that um, uh, Scotland was transformed in terms of education, the, the, the prospering of schools that had not widely existed in the same way before, um, the alleviating of poverty, um, all came in the wake of a rapid advance of the gospel. And so I think that a reading of history indicates to us that when we really are authentically gospel people, all kinds of good and change comes in the wake of that. When we lose that, we actually become very ineffective because we really have nothing that is distinctive from anyone else to say. What's next for you in the unlocking world, Colin? Do you have another one in the pipeline? <laughs> we have a book that is coming out uh, later in the year that's on the Beatitudes. So Ten Commandments and the Beatitudes uh, have uh, many, many similarities. That uh, book is going to be called Momentum, and it will come out very, very soon. Um, and uh, But all of what we're doing is around the one thing, which is trying to open the Bible uh, to get it rooted in people's lives and to help people experience the power of the open book. 
Colin, it's wonderful to talk to you, and I'm so glad that we could visit. The book is uh, it's an impact book, and uh, awfully nice of you to share your time with us. Well, that's very kind of you, Pat. It's been a delight to talk with you and uh, and to share these moments with all of your listeners. And God bless you, and uh, may uh, all who've listened to our conversation be encouraged by it today. Colin Smith has been our guest. The book is called The Ten Greatest Struggles of Your Life. And uh, we got another segment, folks, so stay with us. <clears throat> Just a reminder, this is the Pat Williams Saturday Power Hour. You're listening to the new 94.9 FM and AM 950 WTLN. <clears throat> we will be right back. More of the Pat Williams Power Hour in just a moment on the new 94.9 FM and AM 950 WTLN. Parents and grandparents, how is your child's math grade? If it isn't what it should be, then change it. At the Mathnasium at Hunt Club in Apopka, their proven math tutoring methods can help any student. Wait, it gets better. We have a limited number of half-price math tutoring vouchers. No catch? No kidding. Call 407-618-1760 to find out more. Call 407-618-1760 now to get your half-price math tutoring voucher. Call 407-618-1760. 60 now. Due to an upturn in the economy, Main Street Business Loans has pre-approved the release of millions of dollars in small business funding. Your business may already be pre-approved to receive up to $250,000. We've sent out millions of pre-approval letters. We see the economy growing, and our underwriters believe now is the time to invest in your business so you can grow faster and make more money. And we're prepared to give you up to $250,000 to do it. Your funds can be available in five days. There are no application fees, no annual fees, just quick access to up to $250,000. If your business did not receive your approval letter to get up to $250,000, call Main Street Business Loans Approval Desk now. 800-870-0459. 800-870-0459. 800-870-0459. 800-870-0459. Do you have enough drinking water at home or work? Whatever life throws at you. This is Florida, and you can never have enough good, wholesome drinking water on hand for meetings, family gatherings, even Mother Nature's wrath. Be prepared with Carolina Highland Mountain Spring Water delivered directly to your home or business. Call now for their Be Prepared delivery special. Individual bottles, dispensers, and coolers. No contracts, no fees. Call 407-851-7144. Online at carolinabottledwater.com. You're listening to the Pat Williams Power Hour on the new 94.9 FM and AM 950 WTLN. And now, here's Pat. Colin Smith, our guest in that first half hour from Chicago, talking about the book, The Ten Greatest Struggles of Your Life. Uh, We're in the uh, uh, Dallas, Texas area. Jack Graham is with us. Uh, Founder of PowerPoint Ministries, author of Angels, that's his latest book, and Jack, wonderful to catch up with you, and I hope things are well. Uh, very well, Pat, and I uh, really always enjoy talking with you. Thank you uh, so much. Tell me about your church and what's going on. Well, uh, Prestonwood is uh, in the Dallas area, the Metroplex, of course, and uh, we have multiple locations, and it's, the church is healthy, it's vibrant, it's reproducing. We're seeing lots of new changed lives, people coming to Christ, people taught God's Word, I just couldn't be happier. I've now been here 27 years, mm. 
uh, and it it you know I get up every day just excited about life and the ministry and the calling and the church and uh, so it, it's it's really good. We're grateful. Tell me about your new book. Well, Angels uh, is a book that I really didn't intend to write. I, 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 my previous book was called Unseen, and it dealt with the unseen world, really building off uh, what the Apostle Paul talked about in Second Corinthians 4.18 when he said the, the things that are seen, these are passing away, but the unseen uh, is forever. And just the whole spiritual world. So we talked about spiritual in the previous book. We talked about spiritual warfare and and heaven and hell and winning the battle for eternity and all those kinds of subjects, which are, you know, when you live for eternity, you make a bit, you make a huge difference here. So that's the whole point that if you live for things that matter forever, then, then you make the biggest impact on your life, your family, uh, your future here. Well, there was a chapter in there on angels and there was such interest, uh, when that book came out and questions, uh, that my publisher came and said, would you do an entire book on angels? And I said, absolutely not. <laughs> because I, you know, I thought, well, you know, I really said all I want to say about that. Uh, you know, it, it, it may seem to people like a fringe topic, although angels are quite popular in the culture, yet, you know, I didn't want to be the guy writing a book about angels. There hasn't been a major book on angels written in a long time. Billy Graham wrote one in the 80s. This excellent, by the way, and a resource for me on this book. But um, I had a conversation with a woman who was dying, in fact, uh, a mutual friend of ours, and uh, Buggy, uh, Bobby Wolgamut, and oh, yes. she, she challenged me to write this book. She said, when you're on your way to heaven and you read about eternity and heaven and the angels, there are more and more questions that I have, and over bacon and eggs, really, down in Orlando, mm. uh, she convinced me to pray more about it, so I sat down, I started writing the angel references, found there are nearly 300 references to angels in the Bible. Hmm. I mean, you, when you turn the pages of Scripture, it's like, you know, angel wings flapping, because they're everywhere. And they're often hidden, and that's their agenda. They don't want to be front stage, uh, but rather backstage. But the more I studied the angels, the more excited I got about the topic. And now that the book is written, and uh, I'm very pleased, it, 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 it it addresses subjects in people's lives that are important. And the subtitle, I think, says it all, Angels, Who They Are, What They Do, and Why It Matters. Why It Matters. And that's, you know, that's always my ministry in the practical application of scriptures. So it's a great doctrinal, biblical, theological truth that angels exist. But what do they do, and why does it matter? That's what we talk about in the book. Jack Graham is our guest. Jack, part one is called <clears throat> The Wisdom of Angels as you start the journey. Uh, fill us in on that. Well, uh, in, in this chapter, I talk about uh, start with forgiveness. And when mm -hmm. it, it, angels uh, around the throne of God, when Isaiah, the great prophet, was was struggling uh, the king had died in Israel. He he was hurting personally. The nation was troubled. Uncertainty was everywhere, sort of like our own nation today. And uh, Isaiah was so troubled by this, and he was given a vision. He was taken up into the presence of God, saw the throne of God, that while the the kingly uh, throne on earth was, was vacated, God's throne uh, was not, that God is on the throne. And what you see 
when you get this glimpse of the glory of God, are angels all around. And they're saying, holy, holy, holy. And Isaiah experienced there in the presence of God and in the presence of angels, forgiveness and uh, an empowerment to go and take the message to the world. And so I, I write about that. In fact, that's what I do throughout the book. Now, there's some great uh, contemporary angel stories. Uh, people like Dr. Ken Cooper, the founder of aerobics, who has an experience that he is certain it was an angel. I talk about stories in history, angel appearances. So, it, you know, I've got that. But it's not just, you know, people saying, well, I think I saw an angel kind of book. Mm-hmm. I take biblical stories where angels definitely showed up in people's lives and how they intersected with people's lives and still do today. You know, another example would be uh, Elijah the prophet. When Elijah was depressed and defeated and praying to die in the desert, Jezebel was chasing him. And although he had a great victory on Mount Carmel, he was finished, he thought. And, and God spoke to him, renewed his commission, but an angel came and ministered to him there. So I talk about, you know, when you're defeated, when you're depressed, when you're discouraged, you know, when you want to die. You know, do angels come and minister God's grace and hope in our lives, even unseen, unknown? And the answer is yes. Part one of the book is called The Wisdom of Angels. As you start the journey, now, Jack, uh, part two, the protection of angels as you sustain life's blows. Uh, What do you teach us here? What have you learned? That angels are engaged in our lives. unseen, behind the scenes, uh, guiding and guarding uh, and protecting us. And that's clear in the Bible. And there are so many scriptures that, that tell us, I mean, one of the, one of the famous ones uh, is in Psalm 91. Uh, you know, Psalm, if, if, when you're in trouble, you should dial 911, and that's Psalm 91.1. And you get to Psalm 91.1, <laughs> and you hear about the angels who are there to guard us and protect us, lest we fall, dash our foot against the stone. And these, there are multiple references and examples in the Bible where angels uh, protect people. And, and now, I need to make something clear that uh, angels, first of all, are all about God. They're all about Jesus. And, you know, we, you were talking to me about the first part of the book earlier that's what I want people to know, that, that the worship of God, the wisdom of angels, is to worship God. And the more we study the angels, the more you understand who God is and what God is like, because that's what the angels are all about. They're all about the majesty, the glory, the greatness of God. Uh, they never point attention to themselves. So they're really not about me, though they have a ministry to me in behalf of God and his governance. So uh, I, I found that angels are involved in people's lives, and how many times, Pat, have we all looked back on our lives and we've had near misses, almost accidents, uh, some deliverance from a, from a situation, and we look back on it and we say, hmm, I wonder what happened there. Did an angel deliver me? Mm. Was, was an angel present to watch over me? And the Bible tells us that, yes, angels are there. And they do deliver us. And, you know, one of the great stories, of course, in the Bible that thrills us is when the angels delivered uh, Daniel from the mouths of the lions. Mm. And while most of us will never be thrown in a lion's den, we do face challenges and crisis in life 
when we can expect that in the providence and the plan of God that angels will be there to protect us. I, I believe that with all my heart. What is, a, uh, what is a guardian angel, Jack, by the way? Yeah. Yeah, well, you know, people wonder. And, you know, there's a lot, Pat, there's a lot of misconceptions about angels out there. You know, you know, for one, you know, people think that angels are little cuddly cherubs that you, you know, a little doll you put on your pillow. <laughs> or they see paintings of angels that are, you know, frankly, rather feminized. And, and uh, or they see angels as, you know, your fairy godmother, a Disney princess. But angels are not like that in the, in the Scripture. Angels are not like that in life, because angels are powerful warriors. They are mighty uh, angels. The Bible talks about when he comes, when Jesus comes with his mighty angels. So these are powerful creations of God. They are not people who became hum, uh, human beings that became angels. That's one of the misconceptions. Uh, people think that, well, you know, so-and-so died, now they're an angel. God issued them, a, you know, wings and a harp, and now they're angels on a cloud. Never taught in the Bible. So we, ta- we tackle some of these myths, and one of, the, one of the misconceptions is that everybody may have a guardian angel. Now, we don't know that, that we don't have a guardian, that you don't have a guardian angel named Fred. <laughs> you know, we don't know that, but it's really not talked about. There's a half of a little verse in the Bible when Jesus talked about uh, the little ones, the children, their angels always behold the face of God. But I don't think you build an entire theology on, you know, just part of the scripture. What I do believe is that we have an angel guard. We may have more than one angel, but whether or not we are assigned an angel for our lifetime, uh, again, you know, Pat's angel's name is, is Bo, and Bo <laughs> hangs out and watches over Pat all of his life. Uh, that's really not uh, taught in the in the Bible. But what is important is to know that angels do guard us and that we have a guardian of angels that are at the disposal of God uh, to minister to those. And this, this needs to be said, too, according to the book of Hebrews in the New Testament, to those in, who inherit salvation. In other words, believers in, in Jesus Christ. So angels are not promised, though they may minister uh, to, to people at God's discretion, of course, and God's governance, but these are promises to Christians, to believers, uh, that we're given that the angels watch over us. So, Jack, based on what you just said, there probably, it sounds like, there could be billions of angels. Well, there are. The, the angels are innumerable. When I started researching, okay, how many you know, people want to know, how many angels are there? Mm. Uh, well, Daniel, uh, the book of Daniel says there are thousands upon thousands and tens of thousands and tens of thousands which is the Bible way of saying there's a bazillion of them. <laughs> it, it, it's an innumerable host. The Bible talks about uh, the Lord of hosts, and that means the Lord of angels and, and the Lord of angel armies. I love, I love the worship song we sing these days uh, by Chris Tomlin, the Lord of angel armies. Mm. So there are armies and arrays of angels in the universe, and not just in heaven, again, floating around on clouds, but intersecting with life and our lives on earth, and establishing uh, the governance of God in uh, the spiritual world. Jack Graham is our guest uh, from his church in the Dallas area, Prestonwood, and uh, we're glad that he's with us. We've got uh, another segment with Jack, but before we uh, take that break, Jack, I uh, want you to fill me in uh, uh, where your book ideas come from. Is there another one in the pipeline? 
Well, there's always one in the pipeline. You know that. You've written so many. I just uh, written a book that's uh, that's actually published in house here by PowerPoint, which is our radio and television ministry mm. called Choices, mm. and uh, it's available through our ministry here. But it's, it's on the choices that we make in life, the important choicing, and it's like choosing choosing love over hate and choosing uh, faith over fear and those kinds of subjects. So. Yeah, I'm always writing. The way the way my books come about typically well up from my preaching and and the, and the teaching of God's word in our pulpit. You know, I don't uh, I don't necessarily sit down and say, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna write this book, but they flow out of you know things that I write every week. I mean, when you're a pastor, you're writing basically a term paper. You know, every week mm. to get a message ready, and so I keep those and reserve those, and and some of them kind of bubble up, and so I'm led by the Spirit to become a book. Uh, when we come back, uh, we've got two more parts, major parts, uh, for Jack Graham to dissect for us from his new book, Angels. Uh, one of them is called The Encouragement of Angels as You Soar on Eagle's Wings. And then the other one is The Presence of Angels as You Stay the Course with Christ. So Jack's going to uh, cover those two for us when we come back. Uh, just a reminder, uh, you're listening to the Pat Williams Saturday Power Hour, and every weekend, oh, we've been doing this for many years, uh, we plug in with you and always enjoy it. Uh, just a reminder, this is the new 94.9 FM and AM 950 WTLN in Orlando, Florida. More with Dr. Jack Graham, founder of PowerPoint Ministries right after these messages, folks. More of the Pat Williams Power Hour in just a moment on the new 94.9 FM and AM 950 WTLN. Hi, I'm Barbara Sandbeck, your host on Grace Notes, a 15-minute program that contains biblical teaching and a wide variety of music. Some of the subjects we address are why do we have trials and cultivating intimacy with God. You can listen right here on WTLN every Sunday at 2.45 p.m. Can't catch the whole broadcast? Visit our podcast on the web 24-7 on WTLN.com. So tune in. You won't want to miss it. Thinking about life insurance? What if you could make one free phone call and learn your best price from nearly a dozen highly rated price competitive companies? Well, that's exactly what happens when you call Select Quote Life. For example, George is 40. He was getting sky high quotes from other companies because he takes meds to control his blood pressure. But when I shopped around, I found him a 10 year, $500,000 policy for under $28 a month. I'm Select Quote agent Dan Savino, and believe me, if SelectQuote isn't shopping for your life insurance, you're probably paying too much. For your free quote, call 1-800-509-1667. That's 1-800-509-1667. 1-800-509-1667. Or go to SelectQuote.com. Since 1985, we shop, you save. Get full details on the example policy at SelectQuote.com. commercials Your price can vary depending on your health issuing company and other factors not available in all states. Who are some of the heroes in your life? 
For me, it is those people who give of themselves without any thought about what they get in return. Hello, I'm Alan Treba, owner of American Family Funerals and Cremations and a servant. We want to thank our military veterans for their service and commitment in defending our freedoms and our way of life. We offer special packages and guidance to our military veterans and their families during times of loss. It is the least we can do for someone who has done so much for us. You know us. We are family. AmericanFamilyFunerals.com You're listening to the Pat Williams Power Hour on the new 94.9 FM and AM 950. WTLN. And now, here's Pat. Dr. Jack Graham is with us from uh, the Dallas area. We're talking about his book, Angels. And Jack, as advertised, uh, the next discussion point, part three, the encouragement of angels as you soar on eagles' wings. Uh, I'm eager to hear about this one. Right. Uh, That's about uh, how angels are present in our lives when we are lonely or when we are tempted, uh, those are two examples. I, I, I remind people of a great story uh, in, in this section of the book when Alexander Solzhenitsyn, uh, was, uh, who was a Russian dissident uh, in the 1920s, he was speaking against the government and against uh, the, the communists and the dictators of, of Russia at that time, and he was imprisoned. And he was enduring uh, incredible harshness and bleakness in a labor camp for 10 years. Uh, he was a political prisoner. And he had had enough. He just couldn't take it anymore. And he thought, how can I end this? And he said, you know, to himself, the best way I can end this is just run. Take a run. I'll run for it, and the, and the guards will shoot me, and I'll be out of this misery. Mm. And so that was his decision, and he planned it. And he was looking for the opportunity uh, to go. And then he's sitting there under a tree on a break one day from the work, and he's decided this is it. I'm going. I'm going. To, I'm running to my death. And about that time, uh, um, someone that a man that he had never seen before, uh, and this is told by the way and verified by Dr. Billy Graham, a man that he had never seen before walked up and with a stick etched a cross in the dirt in front of Solzhenitsyn. Mm. Solzhenitsyn was so encouraged by the sign of the cross that he determined uh, to go on to keep living. And little knowing that two or three weeks later he would be released from imprisonment and later became a powerful voice in the world uh, for freedom. And Solzhenitsyn looks back on that experience. Again, someone he had never seen before, never heard before, and believes that God sent an angel there to protect him. Well, that's a powerful story, and and it's obviously unique and and chilling. But I believe angels are always available and around us when we need companionship, encouragement. There are a lot of people that feel lonely and afraid and wonder if there's anybody there, if anybody cares, if if, if anybody loves them. And and the angels show us that God loves us and that that. They are ministering to us in times when we need it the most. Uh, temptation, um, when we're tempted. I take the example of Jesus, and maybe people don't realize this, but when Jesus was tempted in the wilderness, uh, and, and obviously the focus is on Satan and Jesus defeating the enemy there uh, against temptation, but Pat, angels came and ministered to the Son of God after that, uh, that spiritual battle. So we talk about spiritual battles and temptations and 
uh, how angels are available to us in spiritual warfare, especially pray. Uh, there's a powerful story in the book of Daniel when Daniel is praying for his nation, and he's discouraged. He's praying for 21 days. He's fasting. He's getting weaker by the moment, and no answer is coming. And uh, on the 21st day, an angel appears and says, Daniel, we've heard your prayer. God has heard your prayer from the beginning, but there's been a spiritual battle going on. There have been demon forces and spirits at, at war behind the scenes, and uh, the angels are battling. So, the, you know, I always say the warfare is prayer. Prayer isn't the, the preparation for the battle. Prayer is the battle. And we're told that when we pray, especially when we're praying about important issues in our lives, that sometimes the answer doesn't come, and we're wondering, why Why doesn't God do anything? Well, there may be spiritual battles, and in fact are spiritual battles going on behind the scenes that we don't understand or which are unknown to us but are very real. And so it's, it's so great to know, again, that God loves us this much, that not only does he promise his presence, and the presence of his spirit, the Holy Spirit. But in addition to this, he has given us his holy angels to minister grace and hope and healing to us. Uh, Jack Ram is our guest. Jack, let's go to part four, the presence of angels as you stay the course with Christ. And you talk about companionship and persistence and assurance and inspiration, don't you? Yeah, yeah. And, and, Assurance is such uh, an important topic when people feel so insecure, and angels so often appear in the Bible uh, in times of death. And Jesus told about this man who was dying, and the angels took him and bore him into the presence of God, lifted him up. Most of us have heard stories about people who are passing on to the other side, who speak of a, a big light, a bright light. Uh, or even angels who are present. Um, I know my own grandfather, who was such a dynamic lover of Christ and 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 um, great grandfather to me. Uh, when he was dying, uh, he spoke of of the angels around his bed. Mm. And so those are not just hallucinations. Uh, those are not just you know people uh, having a brain uh, experience, but rather. It's true. Angels are present. And to think that at that moment when we are, you know, stepping into eternity, that not only will Christ come for us as he's promised, but with him, his angels, to minister to us and help us through life's most desperate times. I mean, isn't that exciting? I mean, to know that these these angels, that's why, you know, again, originally I thought, well, you know, angels, let's let angels be angels and, and let somebody else talk about them. But now that I've done this study, it is such a blessing to me, such an encouragement to me. And I feel just strengthened even more in my faith and my commitment to Christ, knowing that these angel armies, the presence of God through his angels, is alive and well around us. How how did your parishioners uh, at Prestonwood respond to all this? Well, uh, I, I, I didn't preach the whole book to them, but I did preach, uh, you know, several messages about the angels, mm-hmm. and uh, and they they responded very well. Just as as we've seen with the book, just an incredible amount of interest. Uh, it's it's obviously an intriguing subject, and you know, I wanted to get the disinformation, the misinformation, you know, out of all of our heads and. 
you know, I'm a, Pat, I'm a Bible teaching preacher. I mean, I'm not, you know, I'm not interested in just, you know, what, what my opinions are. Nobody else is. People want to know what does God's word say? And on every subject, God speaks. And this is a great theological truth, a great biblical truth that I think is underreported, if you will. Uh, the, the ministry of angels. There's a lot of talk about demons and, and Satan, and rightly so. We are living in a demonized world, and Satan is on the prowl. There's a lot of talk about uh, the, the dark side and the demonic spirits, and they do exist, and they are, by the way, fallen angels. And Satan himself is a fallen angel, uh, because angels were created in eternity past before mankind was created. And somewhere, uh, Lucifer the sun of the morning became the dark angel and and with him one third of the heavenly host and and these are demon spirits but if my math is right uh that means if one third of the heavenly host fell which the bible says one third of the angels fell with satan we still got them two to one there's two thirds (laughs) and greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world so i i think while you know demons need to get their due to be forewarned is to be forearmed I think it's time we talk about God's angels as well. Our angels, we've got 30 seconds, Jack. Are angels always invisible? They may manifest themselves rarely, uh, and the, the Bible says we may entertain angels unaware. We may have met angels or had conversations or encounters with angels, and we didn't know it. There are some examples in the book of people that truly believe these are legitimate people, that truly believe they they saw a manifestation of an angel. I've never seen an angel, but I have sensed the divine protection and angelic activity all around me. So while I've never seen one, others have, and the Bible tells us that we can believe they do exist. Dr. Jack Graham has been our guest uh, talking about his book, Angels. Jack, great to catch up with you. Thanks a million. Always a pleasure. Hope to see you soon one day. Thank you, Jack. We've got to wrap up after this on the Pat Williams Saturday Power Hour on the new 94.9 FM at AM 950 WTLN. More of the Pat Williams Power Hour in just a moment on the new 94.9 FM and AM 950 WTLN. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's Dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. And I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never before seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com salemnow.com <laughs> 